It's so good to be around God's people. I don't know about you, but sometimes we, we can get comfortable in our box and comfortable and isolated in our box, but you need to be around other people who can encourage you, who can let you know that uh, today can be better than yesterday and tomorrow doesn't have to be uh, like today. I always say make sure your circle doesn't have to be big, but make sure you surround yourself with people who can encourage you, uh, people who can help you go on, and people uh, who make you better or people you can make better. I'm excited as we begin to uh, head into our second part of this series, Just Jesus. Before we do that, um, I'm excited also about next week and the uh, Christmas party that we'll be having here. Um, you can, um, if you're not part of the Life City Church community page, jump on there and see details about that. I know Rosie and Regina make sure we're going to have a really good, fun uh, time um, and let you know specifically how you can get involved in that. But it is going to be a blast to kind of end our year and just celebrate uh, with each other. How many of you know it's good to celebrate? It's good to have, it's, it's okay as believers to have a good time together. You know, everything doesn't have to be a solemn assembly. Sometimes it's good to get together and laugh um, and encourage one another in the Lord as we celebrate this season. And, and I don't know about you, but in most places, except I won't name any stores, but in most places during this season, it just seemed like people are nicer. You know, they, some people, they, you know, everybody's like, Merry Christmas. I'm like, man, it's not Christmas yet. We still got a few, <laughs> you know, but people are nice and they let you go in front of them. You know, but something about December 26th, they stopped being as nice uh, after that. But it's just a good, a, a good time, and I enjoy this season as well. But never forget the reason for the season. Uh, we get so caught up also in this time, and, and we, we don't voice these things, but some of us build up so much anxiety and stress because we just feel like we have to get everybody this perfect thing, and we have to go out um, and do certain things just to make people feel a certain way on one day. But... Uh, and I'm not going against anybody's tradition, but when Jesus was born, the only person who got gifts was him. Um, so my point is, never let Jesus not be the center um, of what you're doing. It's good to make people feel special on that day, and I know why we do it. But just don't get all caught up in the anxiety and the stress and the different other parts of that um, that will make you feel bad um, in this season and and and. and you know, just find somebody. If you can't give them anything, find something to encourage them with. Find something to, to, to just tell them they can go on and they can make it another day. Um, so Jesus, we talked last week about when he came that many times we don't talk about the reason why he came. He came to give us life and life more abundantly. He came to bring uh, grace and truth. He came to bring completion in our life. And, I, and I'm often reminded of, and like I said last week, of that cheesy line in Jerry Maguire about you complete me. You know, and we expect other people to complete us, but you really will not have completion outside of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only one that can finish everything that he started in your life. Now, we have other people and we need them, and, but it's ultimately Jesus that does it all. I want to talk to you this morning uh, from the topic of the takeover, the takeover. Um, and here's the overlying principle that I want to leave with you. I'm not actually going to preach very long today. I just want to drop off some encouragement and, and be done. But God never shows up to take sides. <laughs> he always shows up to take over. You have to understand this. In your life, when Jesus shows up in your life, when he, 
he begins to demonstrate in power in your life. He's not there to support your agenda. He's not there to, to, to do what you want him to do. Jesus, many times, almost all the time, we find in Scripture that he showed up as a disruptor, disrupting the norm in your life. Think about the things that are normal in your life. Are there, is chaos normal right now? Is discouragement normal right now? Is uh, disorder normal right now? Jesus comes into your life to disrupt the normal so that he can have his way and his purpose accomplished in your life. Don't ever forget that in the midst of every week talking about God has a purpose for your life. He has a plan for your life. Let me assure you that he will show up and make some things inconvenient for you. Um, this is all just introduction now. When he showed up and he was born, we find that the scriptures tell us that he had, they had no room for him at the end, so he had to be born in a manger. The promise, the very son of God, watch this, he shows up and there's no room for him. What happens when he shows up in our life? Have we made room for Jesus? Have we made room for the promise that he brings in our life? Because some of us, it's very difficult for Jesus to get through and accomplish his purpose in our life because we got too much clutter. It's quiet in here. We got too much clutter in our minds. We got too much clutter in our hearts to recognize that he's knocking on our door saying, I, I, I want to have my way in your life. There's things that I want to do in your life, but I need you to get out of the way and make room for what I want to do in your life. How many of you honestly would love that your 2020 to be better than your 2019? To be honest, it's like, you know, how, you know, you know how it is, man. It was it was New Year's Eve going into to 2019 and you started claiming all the promises and how your 2019 was going to go and all the slogans and all the things that you said God was going to do. And then you got to February and you're like, man, this is a rough year. <laughs> Second month. And you're like, man, you, have you ever been there? you two months into the year? You feel like you've gone through the whole year already. Have you, let, me, let me bring it down even further. You get to work on Monday and it feels like, man, I've been here all week <coughs> already. You know, sometimes that, that the enemy brings things in our life and he does different things in our life that, that immediately try to quench the fire, the passion, the enthusiasm, and the understanding of the purpose that God has for your life. How do, how do I know that? You woke up fired up, but it only took one phone call to mess it up. You woke up ready to, to, to conquer the world, and then you got a report that, that maybe didn't line up with what you were believing God for at the time. And so in the midst of those moments, you have to understand Jesus will take care of it all anyway. And, and sometimes that goes against our own. If you're like me, you have your own routine, your own plan, your own way you want to line up of how things to go. And I, again, I don't know who this is for, but I can assure you that Jesus, for people like you and me, will show up as a disruptor. He'll show up and interrupt and disrupt and mess up things that you plan so he can break through and have purpose in your life. Sometimes he has to do that simply, watch this, to get our attention. What does it take? For Jesus to get your attention. His desire, again, I'm still in my introduction. You're like, Pastor, you said it's going to be short. It will be. It will be. But I'm, I just want to encourage somebody. You know, I don't know if you're like me. But, again, you've got this, this list and this plan of the way that you think things should go and the way you want them to go and even line up so, so many times so that they'll go that way. And then all of a sudden, Jesus will show up, but it's dressed like a problem or it's dressed like an inconvenience, dressed like something that you didn't have to, didn't think you were going to have to deal with. And so what he's doing in those moments is he's 
pulling something out of you that you didn't even know was there. Some of us don't even see uh, the problem-solving ability that we have. We wouldn't even know it unless a problem showed up that we didn't expect to happen. But all of this is to, for Jesus to show you that I put something on the inside, but I've got to show up to pull it out so that others can be blessed. And so the takeover, the takeover, let's go to Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. And again, this is prophetic in regards to the coming of Jesus. But it says, nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed. As when at first he lightly esteemed the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali and afterward more heavily oppressed her by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan in Galilee of the Gentiles. The people, watch this, who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Look at the words. If you have your scripture, highlight and, and mark these words that we see in the scripture. We see these words gloom and distress and, and oppression and darkness. Have you, have you ever felt like you were walking under a cloud of heaviness and a cloud of oppression? It seemed like you, you were trying to move forward, but everything was so hard. Everything was coming against you. It seemed like every time you took a step forward, something else would come against you. And, and, and just it almost felt like life was pressing and weighing you down. This is not in your notes, but make a note of this. Never complain about the darkness. Just turn on the light. Never complain about the darkness when you have the, the ability to turn on the light. Now, let's make this real practical and maybe humorous. Even when you go in your house and you go in a room and it's really dark, you don't walk around the room talking about, man, this is so dark in here. It's just so dark in here. I can't, I can't see anything. I'm tripping over everything. It's so dark in here. All you do is go to the wall and do what? Turn the light on. Now watch this. Let me go deeper. For some, some of you, I don't really care about it, but for some of you who have this Alexa app, you don't even have to go to the wall. All you got to do is speak and say, Alexa, do what? Turn on the light. Think about this now in the spiritual application. Some of us are saying and doing the wrong things in the time of our darkness, in the presence of our darkness. But God is telling you and he's speaking to you today. Stop complaining about your darkness and go over to the wall and turn the light on. Uh, that's for about two people in here. But here's why we can do that. Because the present problem is never the permanent situation. This is where the enemy wins many times in our life. We think that the problem that he's put in front of us, the thing that we're facing every day, the thing that we've got to look at every day, we think in our flesh this thing is permanent. Now, what do we do? We say, I know God's going to work it out. We talk, God, I know God's going to fix it. He's going to make a way. But on the inside, we believe that our present distress is permanent. It's always going to be this way. You smile. You've practiced how to smile in front of people. You know how to do the church hug and the church handshake and all of that. But on the inside, you're like, when is this ever going to change? Do I have any honest folk in here that would say, I had these moments that I'm tired of this, I'm tired of my life going like this, I'm tired of things and in the same way, but hey, I'm blessed and highly favored. Because we've learned how to do church, we've learned how to talk church, but we've not learned how to be church. Some, tell somebody it's tight, but it's still right. I call that a grandmotherism. <laughs> Those things she used to say. But the present problem is never the permanent situation. God has made a way before we see the way. And this is how we have to live walking by faith. Before you even knew or felt or sensed or understood that there was a problem, God had already fixed it. 
And the problem is, is that on our way, on our journey, watch this, I'm walking on this journey, I'm walking through my problems, I'm walking through my sickness, I'm walking through my loneliness, I'm walking through my lack, I'm walking through my test, I'm walking through all of this, and I can't see how he's going to work it out. But because I know he's going to work it out, my job is not to figure it out, my job is to keep on walking. Oh, somebody missed that. See, when I'm walking by faith, I may not have all the answers, but I'm charged with the responsibility to keep on walking. I don't care how your body feels. I don't care how your mind feels. I don't care what stress you're going through. I don't care if people are talking about you behind your back. I don't care if the people who you thought should help you betrayed you. I'm telling you as your pastor today, keep on walking. Don't give up. Just keep on walking. You're going to make it. You're going to make it because, see, the enemy whispers. He whispers in your darkness. You know, the old, the old saints used to say, nothing good grows in the dark. And so what happens is, is you turn your light off and you get by yourself. Man, I was supposed to stick to my notes today, but I feel this thing today. You know, we get by ourselves and the enemy starts whispering to us. He starts lying to us. You're not worth it. You're not good enough. You're not going to make it. Nobody. All these things that are lies from the enemy. And so Jesus tells us, you shall know the what? Truth, and the truth shall make you free. So if that's true, that means lies bind you. When the enemy's lying to you, watch this, he's lying for a reason. He's lying to shackle your spiritual hands and feet. He's lying to you to keep you paralyzed and stuck where you are. How many be honest and say, I've been in this same condition for years. I've been in the same mental state, the same emotional state, back and forth for years, and I need God to show up in my life and do something. He shows up as a disruptor. And just like sometimes people come to us and tell us, get it together, or they tell us, you know what, God is going to work it out for you. Sometimes when we're in it, we don't want to hear it. I told us we're not going to be a fake church. We're going to be real. And that means that sometimes when people come to us and tell us God is going to bring you through, we don't want to hear it because we want people to join us in our pity party. But when God gives you a real friend, when God gives you a real encouragement, when he puts a real prophetic voice in your life, they won't let you stay in that pit. And they don't, watch this, they don't care about your feelings. They love you, but they don't care about your feelings. They say, you know what, God is too much for you. Get up, stop, stop, stop laying in this pit of despair and get up and move by faith and watch God work in your life. Those are the kind of friends you need. Stop surrounding yourself with people who sing the same song you do. I just preached to myself today. See, some of us are comfortable when people around us are all saying the same thing, but you need somebody who's not afraid to go against the grain. And that's what Jesus did. You need somebody. He shows up and he says, you know what? I'm going to say something just to mess with you. <laughs> because you think you got it together. And he says, you know what? Do it this way. This is anybody else would be offended. Watch this. If you were blind, if, if, if you were prideful, Brother John, you would be Mad if Jesus came to you and spit on dirt, throw it in your face so you could see. But had he said, watch this, had the man said, no, you can't spit in my face, he'd have stayed blind. Our pride will keep us bound to the lies that the enemy is telling us. Let, let me move on because some, somebody's getting upset. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Let's, 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 let's talk about this for a minute. When the scriptures talk about the shadow, watch this, the shadow, the shadow of death. How many of you know the shadow is not the actual thing? 
when you're out there and you see uh, many times a child will see a shadow and they'll be afraid of the shadow because they think that the shadow is, is real. And so what the enemy does is he allows the shadow of death for you to see the shadow and you think and begin to walk in fear thinking that's real. Let me tell you something. It's just a shadow. It's not sometimes what you're facing and what you're dealing with is not the real thing. It's only the shadow. It's only the image. Watch this that the enemy wants you to see to keep you where you are. But the good news is the answer is right behind it. Upon them a what? One person sees it. A light has shined. You have multiplied the nation and increased joy. So what do we take from this? When circumstances around you are not ideal, you can still have joy. How many would say, Pastor, man, my circumstances are not ideal right now? It means that I live and I walk in a situation that is not really suitable to where God is taking me right now. See, some people, we, we, we don't understand why they feel the way they do. But to be stuck in a situation that doesn't feel like you, it doesn't feel like you can thrive or that you can move. You're just stuck. And what you need to learn in this season, and I've said it many times in this church, is that when God doesn't seem to be working on the outside, that means he's working on the inside. That means that when you don't see things around you changing, that there are things inside of you that are changing. And so joy is one of those constant things that we have to have regardless of what we're going through. But if we're going to have, to, if we're gonna have it, we've got to know what it is. And joy is not doing jumping jacks and cartwheels around so people think you are happy. But joy is, watch this, if you're taking notes, the confident assurance that God is in charge. Where in that do you see that joy is about a feeling? Because we as humans live directed by feelings. And when you directed by feelings, watch this. Again, so many freebies today. When you directed by feelings, you will eventually get offended. When you direct it by your feelings, you'll make decisions that take you in the opposite direction of where God has you. They're a gift if they're used properly. But we've got to understand that, that the thing that we need to move by and the thing that we need to be directed by is a word from the Lord. And so it's always more important to know what he said rather than how I feel. Because that means if he tells me or he shows me or he directs me to do something by way of you, Brother John, how I feel about you doesn't matter. Because your blessing and my blessing is tied up not in my feeling, but in my obedience. And so many of us, it isn't that God has been waiting years to bless us. He's been waiting for us to get over ourselves, so we'll listen to him. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest. Say this with me. Say, all seeds don't harvest immediately, but every seed harvests eventually. It's a sobering thought, isn't it? What are you sowing in your mind? What kind of seeds are you planting in your heart? 
are you saying about yourself what God says about you? Or are you, your words about you being dictated by what you see in the mirror? Worse, are your words about yourself being dictated by what you feel and not what God said? Because he said, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new. If he said that about you, so if you find yourself playing the VHS of your past mistakes and failures and things that you've messed up and you find yourself rewinding over and over again, let me tell you something. That is not God. God will never remind you of something that he has forgiven you of. As I was praying, this is for somebody. I, I, I'll finish the notes in a minute, but write this down. Put it in your phone because you're going to need this. I promise you. I was praying and the Lord said, my people are always revisiting what I've already resolved. Many of us are stuck because we continue to mentally revisit something that God has already resolved. Think about it. He forgave you of this. He forgave you of that. He's not the one going back. You do. And what happens is, is when you now, if I do that, when I come to you, Brother John, and we're talking, now I think that you relate to me based on what's going on in my mind. This is deep for some of y'all. This is why there's walls in your relationship, because you think that everybody sees you the way that you see you. So is the fight worth it? Well, when God calls you to fight, there's always something to be won. If you sit next to somebody, say this. Say, stop. I say it like you mean it. Say, stop fighting where there's no spoils. Some people will fight and fight and fight to win nothing. They'll argue. You, you, you ever met somebody that they always have to have the last word? Like no matter what, it, it, it could be the, the silliest, stupidest thing, and they got to have the last word. It's like the cookies are on aisle six. No, they're on aisle eight. I really think they're on aisle six. And even after you discover that they're on aisle eight, that person is still saying, man, them cookies used to be on aisle six. <laughs> now, let me ask you very practically. See, I like to teach like this because practically, what's more important, where the cookies are that you brought the cookies home? But for some people, what's more important? Where the cookies were. See, we got to fight for the right things. Got to fight to win something. If, if you're looking at the end mark and you see that that prize isn't worth winning, what in the world are you fighting for? Say wasted energy. See, some of what we're feeling is not the enemy. It's simply wasted energy and time. But God shows up to refocus you on what's important. Let's keep going. We're almost done. For you have broken the yoke of his burden. When he shows up, he shows up to break the things that are burdening you. A yoke. I don't know if you know what a yoke is. A yoke is something that ties things together. Short version. 
And so Jesus shows up to break that thing. That's t- he, see, the enemy tries to tie burdens to you. Every burden you have is not something God gave you. Sometimes we take up stuff that don't belong to us. Man, I feel this all over the room. You see, every problem is not our problem. And see, here's how I can bring it down and teach it to you. You have people in your life, and they'll get mad at you when you don't get mad at what they're mad about. You, you know what I mean? You, you ever met somebody like that? They're having a conversation and they're so upset about something and you're just constant. And they actually get mad at you because you won't get as mad as they are. But the reason we don't get mad about the things that the world gets mad about sometimes is because we have inside information. And see, they think that it's a controversy that's going to end in a defeat, but we know inside because we serve and we're connected to Jesus that whatever the enemy brings our way, we will still be victorious regardless of. Say inside information. See, that's why doctors get confused when you go into the room sick, but you're walking by faith. Because you're walking in faith, because you have inside information that he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we're what? Healed. So it doesn't matter what your numbers say because I got inside information. For you broke in the yoke of burden and the staff off of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian, for every warrior's sandal from, from the noisy battle and the garments rolled in blood will be used for the burning of the fuel of fire. But here's my part. I love this. But us, for unto us a child is born. In the midst of chaos, distress, and oppression going on all around the people, a child is born. And unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulders. Here's a real deep thing I'm getting ready to tell you. This is the deepest thing I've ever said in this church. In the darkest of times, God is in control. In the hardest and the darkest of times, he's going to See, because what is easy for us is when everything is going well and going the way that it should or we feel the way it should, it's easy for us to say, God is in charge. But what about when you don't know where it's coming from? What about when you don't know how you're going to be blessed? People during this season, watch this will go jump off of buildings because they can't buy their kids gifts. I'm not making fun. They'll they'll go into fits of depression because there's things that they desire to do that they can't do in this season. And the thing that I want you to understand is that even in the midst of what you cannot control, God is still in control. I don't know who this is for, but maybe this year the gift that you give them is you. Maybe you give them the gift of you this year. Impart something into them that's going to last longer than what you can get at Walmart. Because at the end of the day, they may think they want that, but what they really want is you. Hope that helps somebody. Let's close with this. And his name shall be called Wonderful 
counselor. Let me stop here. I'm going to just explain something to you from, from, from Scripture. Sometimes the, we know that Scripture is inspired, but punctuation is not. And so really, when you go back to the original language, what that first thing should say is, he shall be called wonderful counselor. Those things are not separated in the original language. Now, why is that important? Because you need to know that the counsel that comes from God in your life is wonderful. You need to know that it's unmatched. You need to know that when he comes and he brings instruction and he brings direction into your life, that nobody on this earth can give you anything better than what God gives you. Still, even in this time, in, even in God's church, we're trying to improve upon Jesus. You'll never be able to do better than what he said. You'll never be able to move further than where he wants to take you. There's nothing, if the season doesn't remind us of anything else, it should remind us that Jesus is the center of it all. Now think about why is that important? Because all of us have things that we're dealing with and that we're going through in life. And I'm challenging you today, don't leave here today with Jesus anywhere but the center. He'll take care of all of the things that you're stressing about, that you're worrying about. He shall be called mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. There may not be peace in your life right now, but when Jesus shows up, he brings peace. Be very careful. Watch this. Be very careful of people who constantly show up in your life and all they bring is confusion. This is, this is so important for you to understand because when Jesus shows up, he says all things are done decently and in order. When he shows up, he shows up, he brings order, he brings peace. And that means sometimes he's disrupting the other things. He's got to move those things out of the way so you can have peace. If, if, let me not say that because it might be taken the wrong way. Yeah, I'm going to say it anyway. There's, there, there's some people in your life and all they do sometimes is they constantly, constantly, constantly bring confusion. I mean, that, that it, it's almost like it's their spiritual gift is confusion. You know, you can, you, can, you can have something in your mind, you're thinking it, you've worked it out, God has shown you, and these people have a gift to show up and attack your faith, attack your passion, attack your enthusiasm. Sometimes you got to get rid of people like that in your life. I mean, it's just so, so they, and I'm not saying that we don't have mercy, we don't have forgiveness and all of those things, but at the point, watch this, at the point that helping you is hurting me, Y'all caught that? Every time I help you, it ought not to hurt me. And it doesn't mean that I'm selfish, but it just means that there's a degree of, of, of understanding that I have to have that if listening to you and listening to what you say over and over and over, over again is disrupting my mental state, something has to change. Prince of peace. Of the increase of his government and, and peace, there will be no end. Perpetual Peace. It's so funny, and, and, and I'm not taking sides here. I, I'm even cautiously saying this, but I'll, so I'll say it like this. You could turn on your television, and you turn to one set of news, and you get this, right? You turn to the other set, and you get this. And you're like, man, there's, there's no truth in either one of them. Um, so the only place that we find perpetual peace is where? In Jesus and in the word of God. You're not going to find it in the opinions of men. You're not going to find it in what you see. You will not find it on social media. Social media is not your therapist. How many of you know if you bleed, you got to bleed in a safe place? 
Who am I helping? You, you, you got it. Jesus comes to make your life whole. But when he does that, he also exposes things in our heart that are not to be there. And we need to be in the safe place among other safe believers where we can do that. And it's not, it's not, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not, you should never be embarrassed to be going through something in the family of believers. Right? Would y'all agree with me? You should, you should be, you shouldn't be afraid to have weakness in the family of believers. You shouldn't be afraid to have struggle in the family of believers because somebody in there, if we're honest, have been through and walked through the same thing you walked through. And the same Jesus that brought them peace um, can bring you peace also. But we've got to be willing to be honest about some things. Because what I, I found, and I'm just speaking by the Spirit today, what I found, I said this to somebody, God can't bless who you're pretending to be. I want you to think about that for a minute. God can't heal what you hide. But if we're honest and say, you know what? I'm really struggling right now. This is what I'm dealing with. And just be honest about what it's about. And God can shine the light on it that we talked about at the beginning and bring healing to your situation, upon the throne of David of his, over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. And this last part, the zeal of the Lord will perform all of this. Stand to your feet. I want to pray that we're going to worship the Lord and we're going to be done. I don't know what you came in with. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what you're wrestling with in your mind and in your heart, but I know that people are wrestling. I know that, I know that we're, we're wrestling. And I want to tell you, stop trying to pressure an answer out of Jesus and let Jesus show up in your life and take over. Sometimes our, our healing, our breakthrough is simply in God, here it is. Here I am. This is what I'm struggling with. When I look at the statistics of different things that people deal with in their life, and just, this is just to help you to, to, to feel like you're not alone. When I look at the statistics of things, different things that people deal with in their life, those percentages are much higher than you possibly can imagine. So I can tell you that what you're hiding I can tell you that what's in your drawer at home, what's on your computer, you're not the only one. I can tell you that the battles of your mind, you're not the only one. But I can also tell you that if you turn it over to Jesus, you don't ever have to deal with it again. You can walk out of here today totally victorious if you're just willing to do what the words of this song say. Bring it all to Jesus. When you come to the altar, bring it all to Jesus. And, and I'm not talking about physically walking up here. I'm talking about coming to him in the altar, building an altar in your heart and saying, Jesus, I'm laying myself on that altar. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want you to be honest. Nobody looking around today. This is very important because I want people to be honest. Be honest and say, I came in here and I'm battling something serious right now. I'm, I'm battling. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how it's going to turn around, 
but I need the Lord's help. If that's you, raise your hand quickly. Amen. Bless you, praying for you. Thank you. How many of you would say, I'm here and I just need peace? I, I need peace. I, I've been, I've had so much chaos, I've I got to have peace in my life now. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you so much for your, your transparency and your honesty. This is your day. I believe this is your day. That if you will honestly say, God, my life, my all, everything that is attached to me belongs to you, I believe that there will be a transfer peace today if you'll receive it. And so as they sing today, let me just pray quickly, and then I want your worship to be an act of faith. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for everyone who's come in here. Thank you for every heart, every honest heart that said, God, I'm wrestling. And even every hand that didn't go up, but in their hearts knows I'm struggling, I'm wrestling. I have an addiction. I have a struggle. I have a problem. I have an issue. I have something that I'm trying to resolve that I can't resolve. Lord, show up as the center. Be the center of their heart. Be the center of their mind. Lord, bring peace in the midst of the storm. In the name of Jesus, bring healing into their body. Bring emotional healing into their mind. I command the spirit of intimidation to leave and to go right now. In the name of Jesus, I command the spirit of fear to leave right now. In the name of Jesus, where your word says you've not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So we command every work of the enemy to be destroyed in the minds and hearts of your people right now. That they can walk in this season in victory and in faith. In Jesus' name.